0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Real Estate Hacks podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Mortgage Professionals Canada year-end annual report for 2022. Some really interesting stats in there. Uh, We think it's going to bring a lot of value to all the people that are interested in getting into the housing market or who already are and are just interested in um, like rentals and all that. So let's get into it. Let's go. Yeah. Great introduction, Mike. Thank you.
1: My name is Andrew. If you guys don't know,
0: yeah, I'm Graham Thompson, Jerry McGraw, Beauty, and Michael Sitchon. As you guys know,
2: so let's talk about their report. So, what what is it? I think it's a survey. How many people do they bring in? Yes, yeah,
0: so it's a survey that they do. Um, so they survey two thousand people. Now, this is like homeowners and also people who are renting, and they have a bunch of really interesting stats on everybody that's like involved in the housing market. Really, so tenants and homeowners and investors as well. Okay. And what do they focus on? They're focusing on, like, trends. So, um, from from these trends, you can kind of see, like, where real estate is going, um, how, like, certain things affect the real estate markets, like, immigration and, like, even, like, tenants becoming, like, doubtful of home ownership and things like that, right? So, it can really really point you in the right direction to predict what's going to happen in certain markets across Canada.
2: Good way to understand consumer behavior. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Is it more consumer behavior focused
0: or is it interest rates as well? Um, I'd say it's more consumer focused.
2: Well, yeah. I, so what they're doing is they're focusing on, um, you know, all the factors, you know, affordability, um, the interest rates, how that's affected them, there was a ton of de- interesting uh, questions that they had in there. That migration, folks, yeah, immigration,
0: immigration, migration, yeah, migration, interprovincial migration. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people leaving Ontario for BC for sure. That might be the way to go, guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <You> know <laughs> Live up in the mountains. People that are
1: moving there. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're getting out of Ontario, we're going to BC. Yeah, mountains, no kidding. Pine trees.
3: Well, I remember Andrew was telling me this a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about the uh, Windsor um, job, like the job employment here. it job been, been skyrocketing been in Windsor. Skyrocketing.
1: Yeah, so they've added, um, what's the stat there? Basically, I think they've added around 25,000 jobs in Windsor since last September, which is huge. Because, like, if people are working, they can spend money. They can buy homes. They can go to eat at local restaurants. and Yeah.
3: Yeah. And a lot of these big, like, the Amazon plant's not done yet. The new bridge isn't even done yet. And, like, the hospital, yeah.
1: not done yet. So. Well, that's what they say. Like, the jobs are going to be here in Windsor for a bit because they're working on the bridge. Once the bridge is done, whenever that is. Um, they're gonna roll over to the hospital, and then they're building all this other stuff, like the battery plant. The battery
3: plants to be like nuts. I drive
1: by the expressway like all the time there by Banwell. Just to
2: check in on the the battery plant. Yeah, just to
1: check in on my project. No, um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, it's a, it's a sweet project though. Like every couple of days you drive by, there's a new section, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the jobs are, I forget the exact number, but it's gonna be like booming.
2: Yeah, that's an absolutely massive plant. If you if you take a drive by there, you can see just how.
0: Large scale, it is.
1: That's crazy. It's a big investment. Like just the steel there alone. For to sure. Construct yeah. the walls. Like.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to bring a lot more investments to in the future. So I think this is going to keep going in Windsor for like the next like decade or two. You know, it's going to be big increase in jobs and bigger increase in population for sure.
1: Yeah, Windsor's definitely got a good look right now.
3: Same with the Detroit as well. Killing it. I like guess we're
1: so yeah. grateful
0: to be on that like border
3: city. So we have a lot of, I think there's like 9,000 people or something like that. Last time I looked, that work, for, that live in Canada and work in the States, yeah. which is crazy to think yeah. about. And they're making American money, which is 40 cents on a dollar right now. USD. Well,
1: it's thirty three since everyone might get rid of the USD.
3: It's dropped a little
1: bit, we'll eh? see, see what happens there, but
2: let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the report. So for example, uh, consumer behavior, I mean, consumer confidence has dropped a bit. Um, the, uh, uh, number of respondents that, uh, were asked about if they think it's a good time to buy a home in their community, um, is down to 26%, uh, which is down three points from the end of 2021, what do you guys think? Do you think people are happy they, they bought a home? Think it's a good time to buy a home? What are you guys seeing in the Windsor market? Yeah. All right, I'll take it
1: away. Uh, I think like uh, like the previous report that had came out, um, 90% of buyers were very happy that they purchased a the home in 2020 and 2021. I think like the change of the new report, like obviously with rates, like homes actually being less affordable now than they were when our average sale price was seven twenty five. Um, so I think, and a lot of people I talked to too, they're like, oh, we're going to wait the rates. We're going to wait. And I know they announced that they're not going to raise prime today, which is huge. So I think buyer sentiment might get a little better.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do think most people are happy that they did buy a house, but I think also if they were in like a variable rate, they're a little scared because their payments have definitely gone up. Like I know some people who bought houses last year and they were like happy. It's like the dream home. They bought it. And then, you know, the rates started to go up and they were kind of like, oh, shit, like, I got to start putting in overtime. I got to pay off this mortgage as quick as possible because, like, I'm going to, like, fall behind on some things here because my bills are just piling up now.
3: And Mike, this is a question for you here. Um, as an investor, uh, we do a lot of our mortgages on, on variable because we want to be in and out as quick as possible. For the average homeowner that's going to live in that house for five or seven years or so, or even more now, um, are you finding that they're going into the variables? Or are you finding that more people are going into um the lock in the five-year locked and if that's the case there that makes more sense to what Andrew was saying with nine percent people being happy because yeah. they're locking in at one and a half even under two points right
2: yeah i'm, I'm sure that the uh <laughs> the statistics probably uh skewed a little bit because of all the people that went variable and then the rates went up for and sure for a sure chain, right
0: yeah like um a lot of people were going variable variable before because you could qualify for more and the market was so hot that people wanted to like go in at their absolute max, right? So a lot of people were going with variable because it was less for qualifying rate. Now, though, everybody's going with like a one to three year fixed rate because everybody's predicting that the rates are going to drop and they want to be able to refinance into a lower rate and have as little as a penalty as possible right when it comes time to refinance
1: what's a penalty on something like that is it like a couple months of interest or that's on a variable
3: the fix okay. is a formula right
0: yeah so on a variable it's three months interest okay so it's like pretty small compared yeah, to yeah, um, deal. yeah fix um so for fixed rate it goes off of the interest differential ratio it's a whole formula yeah yeah it's a formula um But there's a lot more interest like say you're in like a five-year term and you're breaking your term after two years okay you're gonna have like like the formula is going to go off of the three remaining years that you have on your term and they're going to calculate using that. So you're going to have like a pretty big penalty. Like I've, I've, okay. I've, I've, I've seen penalties that are like as much as a car. Like
1: I've seen yeah. like, uh, last year there was a Toronto star article. I want to say or son where like someone had to break a mortgage with TD and they, they, it was like
3: 20 or 25
0: grand. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard seen that's kind of light yeah. too. Yeah, I've heard like
3: fifty thousand. So really? 70, 000, yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. One yeah. thing about a house in Toronto like one one point seven million dollars. Right? Yeah, it's different than Windsor.
2: Yeah. I uh, I also noticed that there's a lot of people. Thirty three percent of non homeowners are actually just giving up. They're they're not interested in purchasing a home anymore.
0: What do you guys think about that? You think uh, you think there's going to be people that are just happy renting? I think some people like me personally. I don't think I could ever be happy renting, like, I just, like, like, owning my own assets and everything, but, like, I don't know, like, hats off to those people that are fine with that, like, sometimes I kind of wish that was like that, where it's like, I'm just gonna rent, and that's it, and not, like, you know, like, really be part of the whole rat race, where I gotta get, like, these properties, these assets, and build, like, all this, like, generational wealth, right, like, um, I do think, like, yeah, like, it looks like a lot of people are going that way and hats off to them if they can do that, if they're comfortable with that. I think a lot of I people are happy thing renting. For yeah. Especially if they
1: have a good job. Like we were talking earlier, like if you have like 100K saved up, like you might only get a pre-approved for 400,000, which in Windsor still you can get a nice house. But if you want like the house house, maybe like a South Windsor that's a little nicer and stuff, you might need some more money. But right. you might have a good job. Like you might be in tech or something. You got 100K saved up and you don't mind renting for, you know, 1,800, two grand a month. You'll have you'll get a pretty nice
0: place. Yeah, and it's kind of like more affordable depending on the house that you want, right? Like, there's like million yeah. dollar homes that are renting for like thirty three hundred dollars a month yeah. right now. If you were to I've get a mortgage on that, that, like split on it. Yeah, like, like if you were to friends. get a mortgage on that, you're looking at like five six k a month, right? So yeah. it's definitely more affordable. And certain circumstances.
3: And that's what I'm starting to see too, even as investors. Some of these properties that we're we're dealing with now, they're way nicer than what they were five, six, seven, eight years ago. So when we thought about renting um, even five years ago, the properties weren't that nice. They were kind of slumish. Why do you think they've gotten nicer, Jay? Because of affordability too, right? As people come out there, these young professionals, even some of these retirees that have, you know, cashed in and they maybe they want to go to Florida because the retirees want to go to Florida, right? They can rent here, maybe rent a nice condo or a nice house and they still want a nice home. They don't want some of these you know, you're saying like, like the quality of tenant has gone up over the last, like five both the quality years. of tenant and the quality of the property. When I first started in real estate, most of the, the, the rental market, like pe- like realtors didn't want to deal with the, the, the rental properties because they were gross. And then as I've progressed to 2023 here, we've seen a lot of these properties. Most of the rentals we're seeing come to market. And even grandpa probably talked about this as well. They are a lot nicer. Some of these are nicer than most people's houses. There's some nice rentals out there. Like even I've seen some
1: pop up on Riverside Drive. They're like stunning.
2: Absolutely. And you also have the protection of the LTB, right? And uh, I mean, what's what what a rate increases this year. You can raise rents 2%. Um, 2.3 or something. Yeah, yeah, you have the, you know, the assurity that your rates aren't going to go up. Other, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have that with mortgages if you're on a, a variable, right? Really? Yeah, rents
1: have gone up way less compared to this year in mortgages. Oh, Huge difference. It's not even comparable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well what would you have uh you know, million dollar loan last year at one one and a half percent, two percent versus now? What's the difference in a
0: month a monthly payment?
1: Was it around like three hundred and fifty bucks maybe in the, the peak, like per hundred thousand financed?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was about that. So like on a like million dollar loan, maybe? you know, you're looking at like thirty five hundred, maybe four grand, depending on what the rate was. But like difference. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, like that's what the mortgage would have been like now, like with today's rates. Like, I just did a mortgage for someone; it was like a six hundred thousand dollars mortgage, and their payments were like forty five hundred a month. Expensive. Yeah, so on a million, you know, you're looking at probably like sixty five, seven thousand. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a big difference. Pretty expensive, you know.
2: And to and to essentially rent that same home, you're looking in the mid threes. Yeah.
1: Which is honestly a steal. Yeah. Imagine renting like a million dollar house for 3500 Yeah, If the landlord's not cash flowing at six grand a month,
0: I'm selling my house. Like, <laughs> like honestly, yeah. fire sale. If you really want to buy like a million dollar home, like, I think the play, if you're comfortable with it, is like buy an investment property is going to make you some cash flow and just rent that million dollar home. You know, like, I think you'll get your best bang for your buck that way.
3: There's no saying, it's like, buy where you can afford and have as a rental and like rent where you want to live because too many people want, want to own where they want to live. Like for example, they go, I want to run, live in Russell Woods, which is one of the nicest areas in Windsor, right? Well, a house there is going to start at what, $2 million? There's half a million dollar down payment down there, right? So we can take that half a million dollars, you can buy it multifamily cash or even use it to buy a 10plex, Right. And then now you have this cash flowing asset. You could probably rent that same house for four or five grand a month. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You'll still cash flow. You'll, like still, you'll cash still have flow. some cash after you. Yeah. It's a
3: great idea. For sure. Super neat. Yeah. Or in Andrew's case, buy that Russell Woods house as well. Buy the Russell Woods buy, house? Buy the Russell That'd Woods That'd be pretty
1: house. neat to live in Russell Woods. It's a nice area. Probably one of my favorite neighborhoods in Windsor. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Like I've just always liked the come St. Clair Beach. I'm not really a LaSalle person because I think like the setup is weird. But I mean, some people love LaSalle. It's a great name. you still got it like LaSalle's got like Normandy Street which is really prestigious
3: I think like, that's and nice. I find a lot of people like, in Windsor at least if you're more like that South Windsor-ish kind of area you're more South Windsor or LaSalle and yeah. if you're more like East Windsor you're more East Windsor or Tecumseh that's 100% yeah. yeah yeah
1: like yeah people that like LaSalle they love LaSalle Tecumseh people love Tecumseh
3: so what are we seeing for like the rates right now how they've obviously they've been shooting up but What's the difference kind of in the sense of like a a, say a conventional mortgage versus a variable.
0: Yeah. So variable, I think the lowest right now, it's like 5.55, 5.6 conventional side. The lowest is 4.89. Right and what's now. the trends been going on that? Have you even seeing it kind of the, they've been coming down the last couple of months. Um, there's a lot of really good promos out right now. Cause the yields have been coming down. Right. So um, like lowest, like, insured high ratio fix right now is 4.39 that's my lowest if you're talking insurable you're looking at like 4.6 ish and then conventional is the 4.89
3: so for someone kind of going on a um, let's just say they're on a thick on a variable mortgage right now for example my my personal condo is at like 6.35 percent. there's possibly you got some, some fire under your ass okay i <laughs> gotta work harder right um but basically what it does is it's there's options for people to go to fixed and probably drop a point and a half, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, with the way that the Bank of Canada's been acting right now, like, it might be worth, like, holding out and seeing if they start to decrease it. Me, personally, I think we're going to see rate decreases by, like, midsummer. Like,
1: Like, the, today was the prime announcement. And they didn't raise it. Yeah,
0: so I'm thinking the next one, they're probably going to decrease it by, like... 25 bits.
2: So this is interesting because I, I think they also, the Bank of Canada sent out a statement and they were talking about new first-time buyer. There's new grants or uh, initiatives from the federal government that are helping first-time homeowners. Did you guys hear about those?
1: Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's similar uh, to like the RSP, right? Perfect. It's like a it's first-time yeah, home buyer. First home savings plan account.
0: account. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, from what I've looked into, it basically works the same way as like a tax-free savings account. Mm. Um. Yeah, like I don't really see too much of a difference, to be honest, in putting your money in that or a tax refund account. Kind of works the same way.
1: Yeah, I feel like they came out with it to like there's a make pe- like convince people that we're gonna make homes more affordable, but yeah. like they're they're not making them more
0: affordable. You Why can put eight that? grand into the account a year. Eight thousand a year, yeah. yeah.
3: So, if you're living in Toronto and wanting to buy a house in Toronto, that's $1.7 million. Like, how's that going to help?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, in last it's, year's yeah, midterm doesn't. report, it's uh, so the average sale price was $646,000 in Canada, and it was 22.5 times the income. Sorry, that was for Ontario. 22.5 times disposable income to buy that house wow. that's per year, nuts. which is crazy. And then in the East Coast, New Brunswick is like seven and a half. So, Ontario is getting up there in price and getting a little more expensive.
0: Yeah, it seems like everywhere where there's like really high immigration, like you need like way more of your disposal income to cover all your housing costs. That so that makes it, sense. Yeah, yeah, it goes to show that immigration does definitely affect your your housing prices.
1: What do you guys think about migration? Like, I know we always talk about immigration, like, Ontario's going up, obviously, but what do you guys see like on the migration? Like, you guys, oh,
2: interprovincial? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people are leaving Ontario. They're, you know, they're retiring in BC, they're moving to cheaper communities or cheaper provinces out east, PEI, you guys see the jump in PEI?
1: Yeah, I read a stat like PEI, what people love about it is they work less, there's no rush hour traffic like the GTA, they get paid a little more and homes are cheap. So I think, I think, I don't know the exact stat, but I think it's around seven and a half to eight and a half times disposable income for a house there. Yeah which compared to Ontario at 22 and a half is like...
0: It's a huge difference. And you're by the ocean, so that's cool, too. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And they got oysters. Lobster. Yeah, they got lobster, too.
1: I love seafood. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you think about people moving to BC? BC, I mean, I've never been there myself. I got some friends that live out there, and like every, every person that I went to high school with that moved out to BC... For like a year or two, they just never came back.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Like
1: like that's the trend that I've seen just throughout my life. But I know people are moving there. Like newly retired people, they're like, let's go to BC.
3: But the prices there are pretty high, aren't they? Or yeah, are it's they, like... Or for, is it just like the, that Whistler, Vancouver area? No, it's
1: high. Like so 22 and a half times disposable income in Ontario and it's like 21.6 in BC.
0: Yeah, it's roughly for the same. There. Yeah.
1: It's like almost the same, same. But you got to think like people cashing out their homes here they live in a big home, like basically they go there and it's like same, same, but they maybe get a better lifestyle where you got the mountains and snow and all this stuff. For sure. Yeah. I
0: think that's why most people go. There's a lifestyle.
2: Yeah. It could be a great way to retire. You know, you sell your expensive home in Toronto. um, You move to Moncton uh, in New Brunswick and, you know, you pay a fraction of the price and you have all those savings from the house. You don't pay taxes on any of it. pretty neat. And, you know, you live off that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Happy to see you. I noticed uh, there was a difference between 2022 and 2021 in terms of the, the the fraction of people using fixed and variable. Yeah. I I gotta ask. I got I gotta know this. Do you get calls from people who got variable mortgages? Oh yeah. In 2021, <laughs> and you know they're just
1: that's Mike's whole day.
2: Yeah, and and they're having a hard
0: time paying. Yeah, like, I've gotten calls from people, so, like, variable rates were, like, just flying, like, almost all the mortgages that I were doing were variables, unless it was, like, a super, like, conservative person, I was like, oh, like, I don't like the idea of it changing, you know, but, like, most, like, investors are, like, no variable all the way, right, but, like, yeah, I've, I put up mortgages there, and, uh, like, they'll, like, call me the next month after they got a rate increase, and be like, hey, like, my, like, mortgage is saying that's gone up. I just got this letter from the bank, and I'm like, yeah, like, we talked about that, It can fluctuate, and that's what's going on, you know, like, there's nothing you can really do about it, like, you just gotta stay in it, unless you want to refinance into a fixed rate, but, like, I doubt you really want to, like, the one cool thing that they, that some people did do is, with most lenders, you can actually, like, just lock into a fix, you gotta pay, like, a small fee, but you don't have to, like, pay, like, a huge penalty or anything like that,
3: I want to say I did look into that, and I can drop my rate by, I think, 1.19%, and there's no fees, thankfully. Yeah. Which is good.
2: So are you doing that, Jeremy?
3: No. I'm just going to roll the dice. I have at this point. I might as well keep rolling the dice. That's not financial so, advice. So you could go
1: down from 6 to 4? Was that it?
3: Uh, down from like 6.35 is down to like five, five like nine or something. Like so, somewhere around the lane. With sure. no fee? With no fee attached. Sounds a like a great deal. It does, but like what Mike was saying, How many too. more years do you have left? Pardon? How many more years do you have Well, left? it would be a whole new contract, so I'm going from a variable right now. To yeah, and then you lock f- that in for, for five-year five I can do a four-year, I think four- and five-year fix with my rate right now. would will be the same, but like Mike's is saying, there's there's a potential that rates could start going down by the summer, so do I roll the dice and save a point, which in theory, might, it'll save, I think, about $103, so it comes down, is it worth... Locking in for four or five years to save $103 a month, or pray that the rates keep going down and I can save a bit more. But obviously, and it would need to go down. I think I say 1.2, 1.2% for me to get that savings back. So it comes from one of those things where you kind of have to roll the dice. And as someone that.
2: Well- You know, what's interesting is the data actually supports what you're saying, because I would think it's the opposite. I would think people after this big jump, you know, they're worried that it could go even higher. They're going to go fixed. But in fact, it was the opposite. It went from 36% or sorry, it went from 33% in 2021 up to 36% in 2022 for variable. So people still want the variable because- More people want variable, it
0: seems. Is, is that what you're seeing too? Are, are people betting on it going down? People did want variable until it started to surpass where the fixed rates are. Now, like I'm seeing like very few people want variable. So in recent months, it's starting to- Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that we are going to see variables come back though, like in the next like If they start dropping rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: People start getting bullish on that because they're going to try to time it for sure makes most amount of sense yeah. to do that yeah
0: yeah most people though i think are rolling the dice because it doesn't make sense to lock in into a new five-year term because most people end up refinancing after three years so you're just going to have a big penalty down the road right so it's smart to just roll the dice if you can afford it right if someone's like really struggling it might be worth it to do what you got to do to bring your monthly cost down right
2: jerry as an investor do you usually
0: go variable or are you fixed great question so
3: my first investment property my duplex there is locked in at 2.9 percent on a fixed however most of my properties since there have been variable because mostly what i have done since has been flipping as you know graham um so fees pretty much what it comes down to is a fees and then anything i do elsewhere that we do, we do private right so we're in and out and we pay fees on that anyways but right now, my duplex is fixed, my my personal condo is fixed, and then the other one is variable. Um, what else do I have right now? Actually, funny enough, I have a property that I'm flipping. I bought it in 2021, it's, uh, the one on Elm there, and it's at a 1.49%, uh, it's a... Variable mortgage, but fixed amount. So my rate's like insanely high right now, but my monthly payment's still like 500 bucks a month. So even though I locked in at like, I think 1.49%, and I think right now it's supposed to be at 5.3. I don't even know if I'm even paying any, uh, like equity at this point, or I'm probably like in Just the interest, negative. Maybe?
0: Your amortization's going up, that's what's Yeah, so I want to So it's say probably at like 55 years or it, so. <laughs> so I actually
3: have a sheet. I took a picture on my Instagram. It was at, I want to say, uh, I think it's at 75 right now, okay. 75 years. <laughs> 75 so. a.m., wow. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's a flip. And for me, I have the ability of knowing that my mortgage is only $500 a month. And I'm going to sell it next month. So it, for me, it doesn't really matter. And while I held it and I had it rented for a bit the beginning too, it really helped having that mortgage at $500 versus you know $800. So there's that option, I guess, as well with that fixed right. Income amount there so for people that like the payments they'll see more of their interest or or equity go up or down right
0: for sure for sure there's another cool product that just came on the market actually uh sold a couple of these so far but it's a rate resetter so every year you have the option of switching between fixed and variable and there's really? no penalty yeah it's really cool who offers that product i can't say it on the podcast i'll tell you that <laughs> it's after. proprietary information yeah <laughs> That's interesting.
1: That's neat. What do you guys think about like buyer sentiment just in general? In the
3: sense of, do they feel like they overpaid?
1: No, just like in general. Like currently, what do you
2: guys think? I I can talk about investor side. Yeah. Uh, From what what I'm seeing right now is there's a lot of investors that are still active in the market. And uh, I think they're having issue with the refund. I mean, so I'm going to talk about the Burr method. So, and so... The Burr method is, you know, buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. Now, I think recently you've had to choose a really, really good deal to pull this off because lenders, especially on the refinance side, are very strict. So a lot of uh, investors are having a hard time pulling off the Burr because when they go back to
0: the bank, the bank's... You know, a is little that because the
1: threat. way the appraisal comes in, like when they refinance
0: yeah. the appraisers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you spend three hundred k on a place, put hundred k into it, and you're hoping the value is going to come back at like five fifteen, it comes back at four hundred. There's no equity to pull out, mm-hmm. so it ruins their whole strategy. Yeah,
1: because when the market was steaming, it'd be like pick up some for five every month. It's going up like $20, 25 yeah. grand. Yeah, for most. So by the inv- time your renovations are done, if it's three months, it's already gone up seventy five k without you even
3: doing anything. Plus the Renos, so the refi would have been huge. With the way the market was going, it was like every, you were buying everything with training wheels on. It was the easiest market you could buy. And me and Graham had many conversations about this with some some of our investor friends we knew. People have bought properties that we look at and go, "This doesn't make any sense. Why would you buy this?" But in the end of the day, the, the sentiment was the the market only goes up, and the market was only going up. And for someone to even buy a bad deal, sometimes even buying the the worst deal, even me, we we thought about buying some of these. Bad deals at the time, there was no bad deal because the prices only went up.
0: Yeah. So the only people that got burned anything. by it
3: were the people that bought in like the beginning of 2022, where they bought at that peak, they bought at that 700,000 average price point, right? And then they, like Grant was saying, with refinances, you bought a flip and we've seen people buy flips. Andrew, you've seen this as well. Yeah. Someone bought a flip for $500,000, put 100 grand into it, now they have a $600,000 house that, great, it's worth 500 grand now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I was at a house yesterday. They paid six sixty for this place last at the peak last year. They did the basement, so they spent like 50000 grand on the basement. They just sold it yesterday for five eighty. Shit! So it man. took like a hundred twenty thousand dollar bath. Wow. So yeah, it doesn't always go up, but real estate over time does go up. Mm-hmm. It's today. a long term game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the one thing that if you are looking to get into the Burr method in this in this climate, one thing that you could do to protect yourself. Is when you're buying a property um, and you're hoping to fix it up and refinance, ask your appraiser to give you a before and after appraisal based off of their calculations. Don't do it yourself. I mean, I I've seen really really um, experienced investors try to try to do their own pro forma and still getting it wrong because the appraiser uses their own pro forma, their own numbers, and they're screwing up deals because the banks won't lend to them or they won't get enough money back.
1: It's a good way to look That's at it. This Jay, what do you think about buyer sentiment, buddy? Um, what are you seeing right now with the clients? and
3: It's busy. I think the market's hot. I mean, everyone has their personal opinion on where things are going to go up or down, right? If they, but ultimately, we're getting a lot of phone calls. And I mean, it's not the doom and gloom it was last year for sure. It's mm-hmm. it, it felt like when it turned to 2023, everyone's resolution is to buy a house now, from my opinion. Um, we're seeing a lot of properties on the market. And the, I think there's more properties starting to enter into the market and they're selling now again, yeah, which there's is more great. listings
1: now actually than there was this time last year.
3: And I mean, last year when I had a listing, I had to list it for what it was worth and then pray that we get close to that. Now we're listing it at $150,000 under ask again. So I think yeah. the market's kind of uh, hot, I think there's a lot of buyers that have kind of felt, more comfortable knowing that the rates are what they're at now and i'm it definitely could get worse but it could definitely get better and they're taking the risk on okay i'm going to enter the market now and i'm happy and i'm going to have a great house right so it all comes down to affordability as well i think that even with it dropping down from the peak like three three hundred thousand dollars right or two hundred thousand dollars uh people are more comfortable buying back in again
0: yeah i'm seeing the the same thing um I am finding too, like there's almost like a sense of like urgency with some of my clients. Like they're like calling me. Like I had a phone call up on this morning. Like she makes like so much money, but she's getting a raise in June. But she's like, I kind of want to wait till June, but I feel like I'm gonna like miss the boat. I feel like right now. FOMO. Yeah, yeah. Like she she thinks that right now is like a really good time to buy because she's seeing that the prices are going up. Mm. So she's like nervous if she waits till she gets that raise. She might be priced out by then. It's always
1: interesting, like when no one wants to buy, like it's the best time to buy. Like if you would have bought a house, basically any house in Windsor, Essex, sub six hundred grand last November, you're up a hundred G's. Yeah. No one wanted to buy last year.
0: Yeah, it was dead. Like
1: we sold a house in Walkerville for three fifty, it'd probably trade right now for like four thirty.
3: Wow. Yeah,
1: and all you have to do is buy it, do no work, make a couple payments, and just get rid of it.
3: Well, me and Graham bought two duplexes, one each, right? Yeah, in, that was at, cool. At, at the, oh, oh, we should talk about this. Oh god, little update on the the duplex challenge. So we bought duplexes in December, right? And I sent a text to Graham because a similar it was an, it was an RBC bank owned duplex um, that was in similar condition as both of our properties, and that was it was sitting on the market for months, and it sold for like two ninety. And we bought ours each for two thirty-five. And then sure enough, and I thought, Graham, do you want to talk about what, what happened with yours? Well You sold yours,
2: right? Yeah, I sold pretty quickly. So we ended up um so we closed on January twentieth. Um it was two hundred and thirty-five. We put about eighty thousand dollars in. Um I had a great team of contractors who came in, we were able to finish the renovations in under a month. I think it was twenty-six days or twenty-seven days. And uh we put it right back on the market, actually, while me and Jeremy were in Dominican on vacation. Um, that was like
3: almost like a month and like eight days later.
2: Yeah. And it was staged. Everything was uh, was ready. And we were we sold it for 410000 So successful flip, um, thanks to Jeremy and the renovation team. At two
3: hundred thirty five dollars buy when people were not looking. I mean, there was multiple offers on both of our properties, but they were like, what, five, 10 grand over ask.
2: Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think you, you noticed this. Actually, you pointed this out to me, Jeremy, was that during that time, and I think still now, people are wary of projects. And they're looking for quick flips, easy flicks. So I think, think there's an opportunity. Yourself. Yeah, there's an opportunity to... You know look at properties where it needs a little bit more work because a lot of people are staying away from those and you could make a little bit more i mean i just i just picked up a fiveplex that needs a ton of work i don't know if you guys have seen it yeah I've seen it's it.
0: the ugliest fiveplex in windsor yeah straight by my uh project i'm working on yeah so, yeah yeah i see it like daily
2: absolutely hideous but i paid yeah the, the curb 000. appeal's not there four hundred twenty thousand for five units so yeah, i mean per good. unit price you can't get that. that's what duplexes but are wanted. selling for right now nobody wants. yeah Nobody wanted it. So, if you can take it, if you can take advantage of those, you know, little tougher projects, get a good GC in there, get an idea of what your costs are going to be if the numbers work. I say go for it. I think it's a great idea. Not, not financial advice.
3: <laughs> I I think me and you were having this conversation like last week, but you're yeah. saying a lot of your buyers they want turnkey properties, right? A lot of people don't want to put the, put the hammer to work, right? A
1: lot of people don't like. They just want to move in. It's already ready to go. Um, Yeah, they just, like, I feel like before they actually start looking, they're like, you know, we'll buy a fixer-upper, we'll work on it, we don't mind it. And then when you actually start to think about, like, wow, I'm actually going to have to come home from work, actually hang drywall and do all this stuff, they're just like, I don't want to do that. Which I get it, like, people are working hard, right? You don't want to have to go to work and then come home and then work on your house.
0: Yeah, definitely not.
1: So, yeah, turnkey, uh, definitely people want it. And I find like those properties, like the turnkey one, sub 600, are flying. Like if it's a good location, it's really nice inside. Like the renovations, not some whack job renovation, but like nice. People really love that. I agree. Yeah. Like it'll sell so fast.
3: I like this episode actually. it's pretty good. Pretty informative. I think we'll wrap it up, Rainbow, now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Close us out here, Mike.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, We're going to have some more interesting stats for you on the next episode, so stay tuned.